Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala sayyidina Muhammadin sayyidina wa sanadina wa habibina wa shafi'ina wa maulana sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwajihi wa dhuriyatihi wa ahli baytihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawm al-deen wa ba'd. So we continue our reading from the uh, Risalat ibn Abi Zayd al-Qirawani. Uh, inshallah, nearing the end of this uh, chapter, Babu Jumalim min al-Fara'idi wa sunani wal-wajibati wa raha'ibi, inshallah. And for those who are interested, people have been asking me with regards to the fatwa reading virtual taraweeh. Uh, and so, uh, I posted some text uh, on this topic uh, in my Facebook and Twitter accounts, uh, which essentially is uh, just the relevant text from the Mukhtasar Khalil and the Sharh of Dardir and the Hashi of the Suqi, uh, the canonical commentaries on the Mukhtasar Khalil from which the Fatwa of the Madhab is taken. And uh, the summary is that it's not permissible. That being said, I mean, we're not going to browbeat people about this. It seems like a relatively slam dunk uh, type of mas'ala as well, but people have their different opinions. And, uh, you know, some of the ulama who are very learned uh, have mentioned that they feel it should be permissible, although they, you know, from the ones that I read uh, that are actually hazak of the Maliki school, uh, they, uh, you know, they say that this is not the, the Maliki opinion per se, but just their opinion. And uh, I find it very far-fetched and difficult to believe someone's going to crack open YouTube and pray 20 rakahs and, and read an entire just of Quran with focus. And oftentimes there's a type of ladha and excitement that people have when they're like, oh, look, Islam is like cool and adapting to changing times. And it's like technologically relevant. So like Islam is awesome. Islam is awesome anyway. Um, and people will follow what they follow. There are certain trends in the time. Uh, in the age that we live in to go against them is like punching your fist in the wind uh, for whoever uh, cares uh, to know uh, what uh, what my opinion is in the light of the Kalam Khalil, that's fine. And for those who are uh, anti-precedent, anti-fatwa, or uh, just interested in something cool and something new, they'll find what they want. And those who want to smoke weed will smoke weed as well. And uh, we, you know, we just take our uh, zad our provisions uh, in order to uh, get through our journey and we move on and the Lord has chosen a, a different path for every everyone and we ask him that he keep us on the path uh, the path of those that he uh, has blessed uh, and uh, not those who he has and uh, he's angry with or those who go astray uh, it is a, an obligation on every believer for every deed that they do, whether it be speech or actions uh, from the deeds of piety, that they uh, do it uh, for the noble countenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this, this uh, expression, if translated word for word, literally would mean for the face of Allah Ta'ala. It's an expression meaning only for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, for the love of Allah alone uh, and without any partners. And the uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam narrates a hadith Qudsi that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, an aghna shirk. He said that if somebody makes me partners with somebody else in something, he says, I'm the one who is least in need of the partnership. Uh, partnership. So if you say, well, I do this deed for, you know, half for Allah and half to make my mother happy or half for Allah and half to make my, you know, to impress a girl uh, or a guy, you know, half for Allah or half, you know, in order to look big in front of my children or half for Allah or half because it's good for the polling numbers or whatever. Um, Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, he doesn't need half of anything. He doesn't want half of anything. He doesn't, you know, Allah Ta'ala doesn't share with, with other people. It's very interesting, even the, the text of the, first commandment in the Torah. Uh, it translates to something like Allah Ta'ala says, because I, uh, uh, Allah, your God, am a jealous Allah, a covetous Allah. Il Khanashimo, his name is, is jealousy. 
And here, jealousy doesn't mean like envy of like, you know, uh, wanting something someone else has, but of not really desiring to share things. If something is for him, it's for him alone. Um, and he doesn't care about material things, but what's inside of your heart, if you want to give it to him and you want him to accept it, then he doesn't want to share it with nobody. Uh, he is, uh, he is uh, an Allah who is qanna. He's, he's uh, in, 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 uh, in uh, Hebrew, right? Which means what? That he covets the thing that, that, that if it's to be for him, he covets it and he doesn't share it with anybody. And so, uh, uh, you know, this is, this is a reality. This is a reality. And if, you know, we're talking about 50-50, even if it's 99 and 1, uh, that 1%, uh, Allah Ta'ala will gift his 99. It says, whoever you did it for, that 1% for, just take the rest of the deed. I don't want it. Uh, I don't want it anymore. Just like imagine if somebody, you see somebody <clears throat> you don't particularly think fondly of, uh, their hygiene, and they take a bite out of something, and they're like, here, you want a piece? And you're like, nah, it's all good. It's all good, baby. Why don't you just take the whole thing, you know? I, you know, I, I mean, it's not, it's not something. If you want him to accept it, um, he lays out this rule that you have to do it for him alone. And this uh, sifa of lillahiya of doing things for the sake of Allah. This is what we learn from our akabir and from our mashtaif. This is what we learn from um, from the companions radiyallahu anhu. This is what we learn from the salaf and the awliya and from the salihin that there were a group of people Allah subhanahu wa taala gave this lillahiya that everything they did was for the sake of Allah without any partner. And, you know, people can say, like, I'm doing this for the sake of Allah, but there are levels that go deeper and deeper and deeper. And only those people who are, are in that state of love with Allah Ta'ala, they can show you what the ways of that love are. Otherwise, there are many people who think, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, who have played tricks on them and they think they're doing something for the sake of Allah and Allah knows best. You know, Allah knows best. Maybe they are. Allah knows best. There was one brother one time, he, uh, uh, <laughs> completely unread brother, mashallah, completely unread. Uh, and he, he said, the shaykh make dua for me, make dua for me. I have to pass my medical exams and, uh, you know, this and that. Uh, you make dua, it's really hard and blah, blah, blah. So, okay, make dua for you. He goes, make dua for me, inshallah. And then when I pass, we can do like the, the service of deen. I said, that sounds like a really wonderful intention. And, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> then afterward he passed his exams and I haven't hear, heard from him for years. I said, what happened, man? You said, uh, I saw him again. I said, what happened, man? What are you going to make, you know, you said, make Duan will make service of Dean. And then he like dropped off the radar. He's like, no, I'm doing service of Dean. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm giving khutbah. I'm like, that man, that's it. You know? And I, I don't, I don't think that the brother uh, probably thought that, you know, there's anything wrong with that. But like, you know, there, there are different standards for what you do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, if it wasn't for our mashayikh, then maybe we would think that like we're, we're like a big wali just for, you know, getting up in front of people and having them listen to our talk and our adulation. I heard from Sheikh uh, Nuh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give him good health and protect him and give him a long life. That uh, a person, when they do any of these deeds in which the public is watching, any public function of the deen, a person, if they're, uh, if those deeds are commandments, like giving the Jummah Khutbah, someone has to do it, right? They're uh, sacred obligations, so giving the Adhan. So any deed that you do that another person from the creation lays eyes on, he says, write it off inside of your heart. That it's almost impossible for a person to do this with the purity that Allah wishes for. And uh, have some deeds. Let everybody have some deeds that nobody nobody knows about. Not your wife, not your kids, not your parents. Nobody. You didn't tell a soul about. So that you have something to fall back on on the day of judgment, uh, in case you know, in case these things were done for the sake of other people's eyes. And uh, whoever claims that they're they're free from that, um, you know, uh, conflict of interest, uh, Allah knows best. The Prophet was very very careful, very careful, and very. <clears throat> diligent on removing conflict of interest from his deeds. That's why the one who uh, gave us the hukum of zakat himself never ate from zakat. The one who gave us the hukum of sadaqah never ate from sadaqah. In fact, the zakat he himself, he uh, forbade it for himself and for his family, uh, not just his descendants, but for all of Banu Hashim. So the descendants of, of Abbas radiallahu anhu, and the descendants of Sayyidina Ali through other than Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha alayhi salam uh, until Yawm al-Qiyamah it's haram for them to eat the money of zakat why? 
because the Prophet was very diligent in removing conflict of interest. Unfortunately, nowadays we have a we have a bunch of people who are like hawks. They look for conflict of interest. They look for those deeds that the outward of which is piety, but inside they're riddled with conflict of interest. And uh, we seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala from that type of deen. We seek refuge in Allah from that type of deen. Um, that type of deen has completely eroded people's confidence in, uh, uh, in, in the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and in our civilization. And, uh, you know, and uh, all I can say is that we saw those mashayikh that were very diligent in removing this conflict of interest. And we saw them and we uh, uh, prayed behind them and we listened to their words. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're unable to be like them. But we bear witness to, uh, to, to the fact that they existed and that they do exist and uh, that they're the heirs of the legacy of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and those who <coughs> their uh, their piety is akin to setting up a shop or a business or a brand marketing or, or whatever inshallah Allah reward them as well but uh, that's not our model that we that we based on, base our, our deen on Whoever wishes anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, desires anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in whole or in part, Allah ta'ala will not accept that person's deed. Allah ta'ala is pure and he doesn't accept anything other than that which is pure. It's a hadith of uh, 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 the Prophet sallallahu narrated in Sahih Muslim amongst other collections. And he says, and riyah to show off is described by the Prophet as the lesser polytheism. The greater polytheism is to worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Riyah, which is showing off, uh, is considered the lesser polytheism. Why? Because uh, a person, you know, it's part of the worship of Allah ta'ala, the, the, the hope for reward for your good deeds. Uh, it should only go to him. And someone who hopes for some sort of benefit from their good deeds from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's as if that person has committed shirk, but in a way that, that doesn't, you know, cast them legally out of the pale of Islam. But it's really problematic. Nobody wants to be, nobody wants to be guilty of shirk. If Allah ta'ala is a covetous God, uh, then uh, we don't, you know, we don't want to run afoul of that, that system. We should do things for the sake of Allah ta'ala. And the, the point is that the Prophet ﷺ taught his companions how to do quality. He didn't push them for quantity, he pushed, pushed them for quality. The person who knows how to do quality and deeds, that person for them to ramp up quantity afterward is much easier than the person who's doing a whole lot of, uh, of half-assed uh, uh, Islam uh, to teach them to do even a little bit of Islam, but just purely for the sake of Allah. Something that's against the person's uh, material uh, self-interest only for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, as a hujjah and as a proof for the love of Allah Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's not easy. Um, that's not easy uh, to get a person to understand that concept if they're so wrapped up in the masalah and the mafadat of the dunya, the utilitarian, utilitarian approach to deen, which has completely poisoned the deen of many of our brothers and sisters. And... Um, a person should be uh, diligent to look for those opportunities. This is one of the reasons like Sufism works out so well, you know, not the Sufism of like, um, you know, uh, not the Sufism of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, rich people uh, listening to nasheeds uh, in a, you know, high, high dollar amount banquet to the exclusion of the poor. Uh, or, uh, you know, particular types of clothing or particular cult-like, uh, you know, behaviors. But the tasawwuf of the deen. The beauty is what? Is that it calls a person to make mujahada, calls a person to struggle against the nafs, and uh, it calls a person to do those things that kind of make you uncomfortable in order to grow as a human being. The wonderful part is this, is that if you're doing those things, one of the really big side benefits is that when a person is doing that thing that the nafs genuinely dislikes, then a person can have a modicum of confidence that the deed that they're doing is actually worth doing and that hopefully, inshallah, have good hope that it'll be accepted. Whereas if you're sliding, you're Islam, you're, you're, you're having the perks of Islam, you're enjoying the perks of Islam, a person should always fear inside of their heart. I don't know, am I going to get rewarded for this or not? Because this is all very easy. And our mashayikh were like that. 
you know, I heard, I mean, I, I heard stories about so many mashayikh, not just one, so many, the muhaqif, great kibar al-mashayikh, those people, if they were to, uh, you know, send out a text message to, to the murids to say, kill yourself, you know, they would they would do it, you know, that's how, how great they were in the eyes of the creation. And those people used to cry and they would weep when they would see how much uh, acceptance Allah gave to the people uh, of them in their hearts. And they would do exactly what we mentioned yesterday, you know, they would be found cleaning toilets, um, there's so many stories more more than to enumerate. They say that the uh, Sheikh al Islam, uh, not the Sheikh al Islam, the, the, the famous Murshid of the Khulafa, uh, Sheikh Aziz Mahmoud Khudai, uh, was buried in Uskudar, who was a peer and a Murshid to many of the, the Ottoman Sultans. That uh, he, uh, his Sheikh, uh, he was a Qadi, he was a Qadi of Bursa, he was a judge of Bursa, which in the Ottoman days is a pretty like pretty like, powerful position uh, politically and in a dunyawi sense and also like amongst the ulama it's a position of great honor and esteem he was already the qadi of bursa when he took the spiritual path and uh, his sheikh uh, he, he took the, the path from his sheikh and his sheikh completely broke his nafs and he would just sent him about to do all sorts of all sorts of uh, um, you know things that, that were just there to break the ego in a, in a really like in a really really harsh way in a way that very few of us would be able to entertain even thinking about it much less doing it and so uh, I, I was told that uh, the last task he was sent on by the sheikh was to go to so and so much masjid and clean the bathrooms and so he went to the bathrooms and uh, uh, he realized I forgot my rags at home I have nothing to clean the bathroom with and the thought stray thought crossed his mind that the only thing I have is to to wipe with his, my beard and then he's like, no, I can't do that. And then he realized, oh, my God, that's what I have to do. And so when he was just about to do it, you know, his sheikh came and he says, Allah didn't create your beard for this. He created it for something else. Uh, and the point is not what? The point is not that, like, you know, rubbing your beard on a toilet is going to give you enlightenment. Uh, otherwise, there are a lot of people on TikTok right now who are, you know, the Qutb uh, al-Aqtab. The point is, is what? The point is, is that, if you're ready to do something like that for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, that shows that Allah's love means something to you so much so that your own nafs doesn't, then you then you are somebody. You're somebody with Allah Ta'ala. And as long as you see yourself as somebody, you're just a nobody. You're just another bacteria. You're just another, uh, you're just like the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned. He said that the, so many people, that, you know, the, so many people, they think they're such a big deal and they mean nothing to Allah Ta'ala. They mean less than, than uh, and, uh, you know, like a little vermin eating najis, a little beetle, like a dung beetle or something like that, you know. Um, and uh, there are many people who don't think very much of themselves, but Allah thinks very highly of them. And so that's uh, that's the tarbiyah that the Prophet ﷺ gave to his companions, radiallahu anhum. And that's the tarbiyah that the, the Prophet ﷺ left for this ummah and there are people who still have it. And uh, that's that's your Islam. You know, if you do that, you don't need to worry about khutbah workshops afterward. You don't need to worry about Facebook followers afterward. Uh, you have, you have, uh, you know, you have touched, you have touched the, uh, uh, the, the, the kibrit ahmar and you've become the gold. Uh, you, you become, uh, you become the gold and whatever you touch there afterward, uh, inshallah, it's hope that it will be mubarak from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and that's, that's what that is. And uh, I talk about it. And one of the like the silly things, naive people who are like pious, whenever someone talks about it, they're like, oh, this person must be like that. I'm not like that. And anybody else who claims they're like that is also not like that. But there are people who are like that. You know, they won't claim it, uh, but there are people like that in the world. And uh, um, you won't find them at the mall. <clears throat> but if you look for them, you'll find them. And uh, uh, inshallah, whoever, you know, there are such people in this world, Allah forgave them in such a way that uh, that uh, they're so forgiven that whoever meets them also, uh, Allah will enter that person in the list of, of his forgiveness as well. So go out and look for them, inshallah. Once, <laughs> once pandemic and epidemic and uh, plague and, uh, you know, all of these things are over, then go out and look for them. And before they're over, go out and seek them through their books. You know, go read read a, who is Ghazali, who is you know, 
if you're if you're a person of some study, you read Shawalillah, read you know, uh, read the different, uh, you know, Mawana Abdul Hassan Ali and Nadui, read the people from the different times and the different ages and look for this, look for this thing in them, inshallah. You'll find it. You'll find it. It'll find you. If you look for it sincerely, it'll find you. Repentance is an obligation. If you're committing a sin, you can be praying five times a day and fasting uh, the month of Ramadan and you know doing all the good stuff. But if you're repenting, it's still farth on you. It's still an obligation that the Lord is owed, outstanding against you that you should repent. <clears throat> um, and your repentance must be what? Your repentance must be uh, such a repentance that causes you to make iqla'ah, that you stop committing that sin. Not just like, oh, Allah, forgive me, Allah, forgive me while you're doing it and you intend on keeping doing it. Uh, and, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, whose primer is the first text that children uh, read in Maliki fiqh. Because there are people who are like, oh shit, you know, where's the Maliki fiqh? They're talking about all this other stuff. I go, this is the this is the fiqh, this is the madhab. The whole point of the whole sharia is so you can implement these things. And so in Akhdari, uh, uh, it's written before we get to wudu and before we get to, uh, you know, uh, salat and things. And, and, you know, like the sajda sabu and whatever, uh, the other technical uh, details in it. He mentions this. He said, "Don't be from the people who say that uh, uh, that inshallah, when Allah guides me, then I'll make toba. Don't be don't be like that. When it's time to make toba, just say Allah, I'm sorry. I, I, I just stop. When it enters your heart that feeling that what I'm doing is wrong, is stop. Even if you don't have a plan, you don't know what you're gonna do tomorrow. Just stop and just be like, in this moment, I don't want to do anything tomorrow. I don't want to. I just want to run away from this sin." If you break again tomorrow, then you can think about what to do tomorrow. For this moment, just just be like, you know what? Allah is Allah, and I'm the slave, and I really shouldn't be doing it. And just stop. Just drop whatever plans you have for doing the sin tomorrow. The rest of it, you can work it out later. Um, you know, these are states of the heart. And uh, 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 he says, don't be the person who says that, oh, you know, inshallah, I'll make tawbah when Allah guides me. فَإِنَّهُ مِنْ عَلَامَاتِ الشَّقَارِ he says that indeed it is to, to speak like that is from the signs of wretchedness. It's a person that soothes themselves with the lullaby of words that sound pious. And what does Akhdari say? He teaches the children of the Muslims what? Indeed, to speak like that, to say, oh, inshallah, when Allah guides me, then I'll, I'll, I'll repent. Uh, that's from the signs of wretchedness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And so, well, Isra wal Muqamu ala them. He said that a person, uh, you know, a person should make toba without uh, persisting in that sin. And persisting in that sin is to like keep it established in your life. Uh, and and to, to believe in your heart, to know in your heart that you're going to come back to it. This is one of the things uh, our Sheikh, Sheikh al-Mashaykh, Mawlana Rashid Ahmad Gangohi, um, the, the one of the two founders of the Darulum in Deoband and the one through whom the, the Khanqah of Deoband Silsila uh, comes. As Sheikh Zakaria is the Khalifa of Mawana Khalid Ahmed Saharanpuri, who's the Khalifa of Mawana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi, our Sheikh Mawana Sayyid Shah Nafis, Rahimullah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, he was the Khalifa of Shah Abdul Qadir, he was the Khalifa of Shah Abdul Rahim, he was the Khalifa of Mawana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi, uh, etc. Hazrat Madani Yazdi, Khalifa Mulana Rashid Ahmad Gangohi. Hazrat Shaykh Al-Hind is the Khalifa Mulana Rashid Ahmad Gangohi, Rahimullah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. He mentions this, that the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous person, things for, for a person in their in their suluk is what? The conversation that a person has with themselves about the dis disobedience about Allah Subhanahu the disobedience of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. When you plan and you you know your your eye looks around and you plan inside your heart that I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do that thing which is haram which is disobedience, this is in and of itself one of the things that a person should be most scared of. This is one of the things a person should be most scared of, uh, and that's what we mean here. The the uh, the the belief in your heart or the firm knowledge in your heart that you're going to return to that sin. Um, that 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 cannot exist at the same time with a sincere repentance. 
واجتناب المحارم منية ألا يعود وليستغفر ربه ويرجو رحمته ويخاف عذابه ويتذكر نعمته لديه ويشكر فضله عليه بالأعمال بفرائضه وترك ما يكره فعله so he mentions uh, here that uh, uh, that a person let them, uh, if you know, uh, that part of Tawbah is Radul Madalim, that if you owe someone something, that you return it to them. And so if it means money, if you, you know, if you, you know, backed into someone's bumper and you scratched it, leave a note for them and pay for the, you know, scratch to come out of the bumper. If you uh, stole something from someone when you're a kid, get in contact with them and, you know, pay them back or give the thing back to them. If you stole something from a store, get in contact with them, with them and pay them back, you know. And the thing is with monetary things, you can you can oftentimes do that, you can get it back to them. Uh, sometimes your vun is that you lied about somebody or you uh, uh, backbit somebody or whatever. And in those cases, you know, oftentimes there's no way of materially compensating for them for the loss that you, uh, uh, you, you uh, incurred. But the idea is what is that you should at least have them forgive you. You should at least have them forgive you. And always people ask the question, well, what if the person's dead? Okay, well, give the amount of, uh, you know, whatever it is to their heirs or give the amount in sadaqah, um, you know, uh, you know, in, on, on the, in their name uh, or, you know, whatever. Or like sometimes if you tell a person you did something, they'll completely freak out and have a meltdown and make the situation worse. So you just quietly like you know give sadaqah in their name or do something that you hope that it will ingratiate them on the day of judgment the point is is this is that once it's done there's no easy solution you you put yourself in a situation when you commit vulm against another person when you commit a transgression against another person you put yourself in a situation which is very difficult uh, to uh, to be extricated from and just don't don't go there don't do it Inshallah, don't do it. What if someone says, well, I'm never going to forgive you, right? And then they die. Well, I don't know, like keep giving sadaqah in their name and keep making dua for them in the hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will ingratiate them to the point that they'll forgive you on that day. But more more to the point, don't put yourself in that situation in the future if you if you don't need to. They say that Abu Bakr al-Shibli, the Khalifa of Imam Junaid, uh, and probably the most well-known of them, who is a Maliki, by the way, uh, uh, at least that's what's written in the Kashf al-Mahjub. Abu Bakr al-Shibli, he, uh, he was the hajib of the Khalifa uh, or of the Sultan. He was, the, he was the doorman, you know, like the, the, the person, the chamberlain that, that, that gets to control who comes in and comes out. Usually those people are, uh, you know, those people are not like super nice people. And if you have a, a legitimate issue or a legitimate concern to raise to the Sultan, if that person doesn't like you, they can block you out from having audience. And if that person likes you, they can promote you to have audience as well. And so uh, when he wanted to take the spiritual path, he went to Imam Junaid and he, he, he said, uh, uh, you know, I want to do this. I want to change my life. I want to leave like kind of that way I was before and I want to walk the path of Allah. And so Imam Junaid said, okay, go back. You were a hajib, right? He goes, go back. All the people you screwed over like while you're hajib, go and ask their forgiveness and, and uh, come back once all of them have all of them have forgiven you. And so it's like, okay. So he went and many people forgave him and many people were like, no, because of you, I suffered this loss and I suffered that loss. And he's like, well, what can I do to ingratiate you? What can I do to like, you know, make you forego the claim? And people would make him, like people would make him do labor. People would make him pay, pay them, pay them financial compensation. He, you know, people, would, people made him do all sorts of things in order to, um, uh, fulfill, uh, fulfill uh, what you know they felt that he 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 harmed them uh, through, and he went like it's like almost a decade it, it took him to fulfill this uh, commandment of Junaid, and then he went back and then Junaid uh, uh, made him into whoever he you know he, he was destined to be, uh, and uh, gave him the opportunity to exert himself on the spiritual path and reach the high maqam that he reached. But the point is, we have this thing that we think like magically we can somehow like. You know, like the Christians, right? Right? Billah, that uh, you know, somebody who looks like Jesus died for my sins, and uh, uh, you know, I'm born again and like done. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to like right the wrongs that you did. 
you don't have to set things straight anymore. You know, like whatever it is, you know, Jesus, someone who looked like Jesus who was crucified, his blood is the atonement for all of my, uh, for all of my sins. And that's it. It's done. You know, live happily ever after. Well, those people don't live happily ever after. They're shackled with the burden of the harm you've caused them. And uh, this is a very long topic. But the point is, A, don't go there. B, don't underestimate, you know, like buying a fancy sibha and going for hajj after hajj and umrah after umrah and uh, buying nice coats and nice clothes and like, you know, being the most like seediest of the fashion uh, world and all of this stuff. That's great. I love doing those things myself. I'm just telling you, if you want to make progress on the spiritual path and you have these types of things outstanding, you're not, you're, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. And Nabi Salaam, what did he say? He says, should I not tell you who the Muflis is? They're like, they're, they're like the Muflis is the bankrupt one who has no money, no silver, no gold. The Prophet Salaam said, no, the Muflis, the bankrupt one is the one on the day of judgment will come laden with good deeds. And then uh, <clears throat> when his hisab is happening, when his account is happening, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Ask if anyone has a claim against him, and someone will say, "Well, this person he cussed me out. This person hit me. This person, uh, 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 you know, spoke ill to me. He, you know, did this to me, did that to me." And every one of them has a legitimate claim. Allah will say, "Okay, take take an equivalent from his good deeds. Take an equivalent from his good deeds. Take an equivalent from his good deeds," and the line will be very long, and all of his good deeds will be gone. And the line is still there. There's still people in line. So uh, Allah Ta'ala will entertain still their, their complaints. And then instead of saying, take his good deeds, they'll say, dump your sins on him. Dump your sins on him. Now imagine you stole something from somebody and made that person then have to turn to something bad. Imagine you said something to someone or you did something to someone or you, you, know, you screwed them over financially or whatever, and it made them turn to uh, open a door of sin. Right, made them engage in a business that's haram, or to sell themselves in a way that's haram, or you know, to keep the company of bad people, or to miss out on an opportunity that they could have lived uh, in a halal way or in a clean way. Um, that's that's a lot that's going to get dumped on your on your head, you know. And those people oftentimes don't have like a whole lot of good deeds, but they do have a lot of sins. And uh, this is this is this is like really uh, really like a big deal. It's problematic. This is one of the reasons when someone says something outlandish about me on social media, I'm like happy. I'm like, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Allah created these people to take my sins off of my hands. Um, and uh, you know, uh, conversely, why a person should be afraid, myself included, of saying you know, of trashing somebody without haq, which is what is that that person they're going to do the same thing to you on the day of judgment. So, Radul uh, Madhalim, very important. If a person, if a person wrongs somebody, you got to make it right. And it, trust me, no matter how hard it is to make it right in this world, it's much harder to make it right in the hereafter. When you make it right in the hereafter, you're going to make it right uh, by taking the fire into your into your uh, face and into your eyes and into your nostrils uh, and on your body. That's the only way it's going to make it right over there. Uh, so, you know, if you really want to be aspiring to this path. You know, this is the first thing that you get. You get busy on it. You know, we get busy on it. Inshallah, you know, 20 hajjas and umrahs and like vacations with your favorite sheikh and like, um, you know, the most seediest of clothes. I love them. See, see, I, I got my nice, I got my nice shawl. It's a good looking shawl. I got my green topi. You know, I, I love all that stuff. So I'm not, hey, I'm not trying to judge, but I'm just saying to think that to have the gurur that these things are somehow like the emblems of your piety or righteousness. It's, it's not, you know, it's. It's just shaitan uh, It's just shaitan messing with you. Muharim and, and Tawbah is uh, through uh, staying away from those things that Allah has forbidden uh, and uh, the intention of never returning to them. So let such a person seek forgiveness from his Lord and hope in Allah's mercy uh, and fear his, uh, his, his torment. And this is very important as well. Uh, some people, they get despondent in the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. This is also a satanic insinuation. Allah Ta'ala says in his book, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَخْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهِ يَغْفِرُوا ذُنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Say, oh, Ya Muhammad alayka salatu wassalam, uh, oh my slaves that, uh, uh, that have committed excess against themselves. And even if the sin is against somebody else, the, the excess you do is a stain and a pain and a, a, a damage to your own nafs and to your own ruh and to your own heart, your own qalb. Uh, uh, say, my slaves who have committed excess against themselves. Do not ever give up hope in the mercy of Allah 
Indeed, Allah forgives all sins. Indeed, He was always the one who who forgave everything and who was all merciful. Um, and so to make tawbah and be like, oh, Allah will never forgive me, Allah will never forgive me. This is actually a very makhfi, a very uh, hidden and subtle type of takabur, a subtle type of arrogance. To think that, that you, who is nothing in front of the Lord of the worlds, can commit such an amount of sin that it will bother Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he himself who kataba ala nafsihi rahmah, he fixed as a commandment over himself or as a rule over himself, that, that his mercy will outstrip his wrath. That you somehow made his to-do list in a way that causes him to like throw all that out the window and be like, yeah, I'm going to get you. There's nobody, Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala is not, you know, just like he's not moved by your, your, uh, you know, how much sadaqah you gave because he created you and your sadaqah. And just like that, he's not, he's not so angered by your sins that, that if you were to, if you were to ask for forgiveness, he wouldn't forgive you. In fact, the people who are not forgiven are the ones who don't ask. The fact that you're asking means that he wants to forgive you. The fact that you're asking means that he wants to forgive you. And, uh, you know, you may have done something really bad and it may re require a lot of, a lot of nadama and a lot of uh, uh, regret and a lot of making things right and whatever. But the fact that you're asking, as long as you're still asking, this is a sign of hope. And the fact that you're asking, he means he wants to, he wants to forgive you. So never give up hope in Allah Ta'ala and never have this weird uh, thing that some of the people in the Ummah before us had Banu Israel, that they thought they had a persecution complex, but not with the, the other uh, human beings, but with Allah. Allah is not, not out to get you. Allah is not out to get you. Allah is not like that. Allah Ta'ala, whoever, you know, Allah is the one who says that if my slave comes to me a hand's breath, I come to him a cubit, and if he comes to me a cubit, I'll come to him an arm span, and if he comes to me an arm, uh, and if he comes to, if he comes to me a cubit, I'll come to him an arm span, and if he comes to me walking, I'll come to him running. The fact that you're even, you know, you even want to make tawbah itself is a sign he wants to forgive you. So put in the work, put in the effort, do all the stuff that we're mentioning, but never give up hope in his mercy. Even if it's hard, inshallah, just do your best. As long as you're doing your best, even if you fall short, a, a day will come, even though there's something rough between now and that day, a day will come, everything will be all right, inshallah. Everything will be all right. Allah Ta'ala is too merciful to, uh, Allah is too merciful to abandon the one who seeks help from him. So humble yourself and say, Allah, help me. I have nobody other than you. Just help me. Inshallah, uh, Allah will show you a way. Again, like I said, it doesn't make what you did that's not all right, all right. And it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, if there's some punishment that you have to necessarily be subjected to um, in order for your islah, in order to make things right again, that, that that's going to go away or that the rights of people that you violated are going to magically disappear. None of that is the case. If he wants to, he can do that as well. But in general, it doesn't have to be the case. But what it means is when all is said and done, uh, when it's your time to take your station forever and ever, um, that day uh, you'll you'll be in the shade of his blessing uh, and not uh, not in his uh, under his torment and wrath. And ultimately, that's that's really all that matters. Once that day comes, nobody will worry about what happened yesterday. Uh, a person will always be concerned with what will happen forevermore, but nobody will be concerned at that day what happened yesterday. And that's, you know, anyone who has any aql inside of them, any rational faculty, logic works inside of their head, they should understand that that's more important than everything else. That's more important than anything else. And a person, uh, you know, should remember Allah's blessings on him. That who am I to disobey Allah? He gave me so much. He gave me more than what he gave other people. That's why when you see somebody who's in a difficult spot, uh, in their in their in their life, you say Alhamdulillah, ladhi afani min mabtalahu bi fadlani ala kathira min man khalaqa tafdila. Alhamdulillah, all praises to Allah who favored me in in the apportionment of blessings over a great many of the of of His creation, and uh, and 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 gave me more than uh, um, uh, than other people. He he favored me over others. Uh, 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 he. Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah Ta'ala who spared me from the affliction that he afflicted others with and preferred me and, and his blessings over a great number of his of his creation. If you're sitting here watching a YouTube video, it means that, mashallah, there's a lot Allah has given you. Allah gave you eyesight. Allah gave you access enough to technology to be able to uh, communicate and learn uh, uh, these things. 
Allah Ta'ala gave you Islam and Iman, which he didn't give to a majority of the people in the world. Allah gave you a fikr, uh, Allah Ta'ala gave you concern and worry about your deen, which he didn't give to many people in this ummah. Allah gave us a lot. And, and you know, when we remember that, it should make us a little shy uh, to, uh, to, to disobey him. And a person should be thankful for the grace of Allah Ta'ala he bestowed upon him. Uh, and that a person should should show that thanks to Allah Ta'ala for all he's given him by <coughs> performing the obligations that he obliged him to. And by leaving those things that Allah Ta'ala hates uh, uh, you to do. And that a person should then continue to come closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by those extra deeds that are not that are not an obligation, but those extra acts of love that a person does to uh, to make uh, to show his love for Allah ta'ala, those that are facilitated for him. So if fasting is real hard for you, then pray some extra rakahs. If praying extra rakahs is hard for you, read some Quran. If you don't know how to read, then say, make dhikr, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. If that's difficult, go give sadaqah. If, you if you're broke, you don't have any money, go help people out, help in the masjid. You know, there's whatever Allah Ta'ala made easy for you, facilitated for you, that you're good at doing it, people need it from you, and uh, or uh, you're good at doing it, and uh, uh, it works between you and Allah. Just keep doing that extra uh, 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 as a way of uh, as a way of showing sugar to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. فَلِيَفْعَلْهُ الْآنَ وَلِيَرْغَبَ إلَى اللَّهِ فِي تَقَبُّلِهِ That a person let them do those uh, deeds right now and hope in the future that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will accept them. Meaning, when you do a deed, Allah Taala doesn't have to accept. He doesn't have to accept anything. It doesn't matter if you're the fiqhiest fiqh uh, you do it with and the most awesome tahara and the most everything. If you know to do a deed the right way according to the shara of Allah Ta'ala and the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, is, is a commandment of deen and it is a prerequisite for your deeds being accepted. But it doesn't mean Allah Ta'ala has to accept. Allah can accept from who he wants and he can reject from who he wants. It's just like you go to the mall, you don't have to buy anything from any store. You can look at whatever you want to. If you don't want to buy, you don't, no one can force you to buy. And the secret of, uh, of acceptance is what? Is المتقين, Allah Ta'ala doesn't accept from anyone except for the one who fears Him. And Allah Ta'ala doesn't accept, you know, if you come in with the expectation, like, of course Allah is going to accept from me, that makes your deeds undesirable to Him. And if you uh, do things with conflict of interest, it makes your deeds undesirable to Him. If you pollute your deeds and Allah tayyibun la yaqulu you pollute your deeds by doing them on on a body that was nourished from haram or from money that was haram or with with intention that's mixed, any sort of any sort of uh, uh, fouling, befouling of the deeds or pollution of the deeds makes them undesirable to him. He can accept from who he wants and he can reject from uh, whoever he wishes. And uh, 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 so let the person do the good deeds with as much sincerity as they can. And at the end, all you can do is hope that he, uh, hope that he accepts it from you. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, that's on the heels of abstaining from all those things that will make the deed uh, uh, ineligible for, for acceptance, like not performing them correctly or whatever. Uh, and so that person should always have a little bit of that hope and a little bit of that fear. Uh, uh, so that their deeds can be accepted, because if they lose either of them, then uh, they will sabotage their 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 deen and their their amal, their deeds. Uh, that a person should uh, repent to Allah Taala for all those things that they they wasted, all those opportunities that they wasted, all of those. Uh, um, moments that they wasted all of those obligations that were incumbent on them that they that they that they wasted and that they didn't uh, uh, do in time or you know that they did suboptimally or that they didn't perform at all لا يفارق ذلك على ما فيه من حسن أو قبح ولا يأس من رحمة الله. And so he he mentions that 
let a person seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala uh, from all those things that are difficult uh, for him in, in terms of getting a grip or a handle on their nafs. And some people, they have addictions. Some people suffer from laziness. Some people suffer from very deep flaws in their character. Um, and they're really hard and the nafs will fight back. You try to, man, you try to fight the nafs, nafs is going to fight back, you know, and, and some people's nafs is really powerful. Nafs will mess you up, you know, uh, and nafs will mess you up. Nafs is like, like, you know, uh, it, 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 it's not, it's not easy to struggle for people. And some people are, nafus are more pliant for wisdom. Allah gave them, gave, uh, you know, or Allah meted out to his creation. Um, and sometimes it has to do with that person and sometimes it has to do with a deed that they did or the deed that their forefathers did or, or, or you know, a dua that, that hit them or whatever. But for whatever reason it is, some people, it's a hikmah of Allah Ta'ala. Allah made a very high barrier of entry for them uh, into, into the ranks of the righteous. And so the issue is this is that the barrier of entry can be high and it can be difficult for you and me, but nothing's difficult for Allah. So Ibn Abi Zayd is saying that let every let a person seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala. You know, refuge, like you know, those people whose countries are destroyed, they run away and they like go in camps to uh, uh, you know get into like stable countries where they can be safe again. You know, refugee status and what, that's exactly what it is. Run away, run away, run away from your nafs. Pitch a tent in front of the the stability of uh, of, of Allah's help and say like I can't go back there again. I'm gonna get killed. Um, that's literally what he was. Let a person seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, from those things that are difficult to get a grip on the nafs and to restrict the nafs on uh, and to change its uh, its affair uh, with complete certainty that Allah ta'ala is the owner, is in complete possession uh, of uh, the rectification of a person's affair. Allah can do it. It's there, right? He's the one. He has it. He's the bottle you need. That's that's the that of the, the the chemical that you put it into the mix and it will make the entire recipe uh, a hit. He has he has exactly what you need. Um, so let a person seek refuge in him for all of those things. Uh, that Allah is the one who can make all of your good intentions come true. Someone wants to give a billion dollars in sadaqah, Allah can make it come true. Somebody wants to build a masjid for the sake of Allah, Allah can make it come true. Somebody wants to teach the Quran to somebody, Allah can make it come through, come true. Always seek refuge in him and uh, and ask him and know that he can make it happen. He's the one he can make it happen. It's not a confidence we have in ourselves, rather a confidence that we have in him. Uh, and Allah can make a person's feet firm on the ground. Uh, and a person should never leave that that confidence and that trust and that yaqeen, that certainty in Allah's ability to make him come right. In any of his in any of his states, whether they are good or bad or ugly, however, whatever states you go through, if you're doing good today, uh, you never lose uh, or flag in that in that certainty. And if today is not a good day, you weren't, you know, on the game like you needed to be. Um, but you never you never give up uh, give up that certainty in Allah. And a person should never give up hope in Allah's mercy. Well, fikratu fi amrillahi miftahul ibadati. فاستعن بذكر الموت والفكرة عفوا فيما بعده وفي نعمة ربك عليك وإمهاله لك وأخذه لغيرك بذنبه وفي سالف ذنبك وعاقبة أمرك ومبادرة ما عسى أن يكون قد اقترب من أجلك Let a person never give up hope in the mercy of Allah. And let a person uh, 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 know that to think about Allah's affair and Allah's command is the key to open up slavehood to him. It's the key to open up uh, uh, your slavehood and your servitude and your worship of him. And, uh, uh, you know, to think about, you know, to think about, uh, uh, to think about uh, Allah and the world he created and what power he must have to create 
the world to think about what's good and why it's good and what's wrong and why it's wrong. This is a type of meditation. It's the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, tafakkur and tadabbur. Um, and it's a type of shara'i meditation. Um, it's a masnoon meditation from the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And uh, Riyal Salihin, uh, you know, if you, you know, he's like, oh, he's going kind of goofy right now. He's talking about meditation. Go crack open Riyal Salihin. There's chapters about these things, um, uh, about reflecting on, on, on Allah. And, you know, we find it kind of hokey sometimes people will get up and say, talk about the greatness of Allah or whatever. That's a sunnah. You know, think about what does it mean Allah created the heavens and the earth from nothing? What does it mean that everything was created from Him and everything is ordered by Him and there's so much order in the universe? Uh, even though we think about, uh, you know, we think about, you know, what's quote unquote real as a dog eats dog world, but uh, really it's only the insan that's like that. And even even the animals in the jungle that are jungly, there's so much beauty in them and the way that they behave and even those things that they do that are grisly and gnarly, you know, there's an order to it. And an or that that's an order that we lack. Um, and so think about what what does that mean? Think about you know good things, and how much you would love to do them. Think about bad things and how much you hate them. Think about the obedience of Allah, how much you owe Him. Think about all of these things. Meditate over all of these things. Um, it is the miftah. It is the key that opens up uh, the slavehood uh, of Allah Taala and the worship of Allah to a slave. And seek help. Uh, uh, in doing so, and uh, doing, and you know, tre treading this path by remembering death, uh, and uh, and thinking about and, and pondering, meditating over what will come after it. Remember it, think about it, visualize it again and again, uh, and think about the uh, great and immense blessings of your Lord upon you, and think about how gracious your Lord has been by delaying punishment uh, from when you deserve it. That we do the sins and Allah Ta'ala doesn't just bam, like hit us right away. Rather, he gives us some time to think about it, to repent, to make ourselves better. Uh, think about how much he's blessed you by, by delaying the punishment that we so richly deserve. And think about other than you, other than you, Allah Ta'ala has taken them to task. There are people who have been punished for their sins. That a time came, they tripped the wire, and Allah, Allah got them. And uh, how how He's blessed you by not by not having gotten you yet uh, for the sins with the punishment that we also richly deserve. And think about how many sins you've sent forward uh, in your account to Allah Taala uh, already, and what are you going to do about them? Uh, and 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 think about uh, where are you going to end up? You know, you know, where are you going to end up? And think about, think about how quickly, how quickly, how quickly you're going to go to that appointment, which has already, perhaps already become near at hand, which is the appointment of death. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us khair. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to make tawbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept that tawbah from us. We say, Ya Allah, there's no excuse. Whatever excuses we have, we admit that they're not excuses. There's nothing that excuses somebody. No circumstances that excuse a person from disobeying, from disobeying you, Ya Allah. And uh, whatever our stupidity or our powerlessness or our uh, ineptness or incompetence or whatever there's no excuse for it and so we give up excuses right now ya allah and we admit that uh, that there was no excuse at all and we plead guilty here from this world before we get to your court over there so ya allah take pity on us and accept this uh accept this this uh humble entreaty for a plea bargain from us that we we accept that what we did was wrong was wrong and that what you commanded us to do we didn't do some of it and some of it we did but we didn't do it in the way that that it was your haq that it should be done and so take pity on us and give us uh, forgiveness as is worthy of you and don't uh, don't give us uh, what we're worthy of but give us what you're worthy of and it's you're worthy of being fearful and you're worthy of forgiving Ya Akram al-Akramin, Ya Arham al-Rahimin, Ya Allah. O oh, most generous of the generous and most merciful of the merciful.
Yala, take pity on us and give us the tofiq of rectifying our lives and changing them for the better and walking the path of righteousness and make what's in front of us from our lives better than what's behind us and make the best of our uh, days what's left in front of us of them and make the best of our days our last day our last day and make the best of our moments our last moments and the best of our words our last words and make them la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and accept it from us ya allah and give us a death better than our life and give us a time in the grave better than our death and give us a resurrection better than our time in the grave and give us a gathering better than our resurrection and give us to drink from your, the hold of your nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam shabbatan haniyatan mariyatan la nadma'u ba'daha abadan and give us uh, give us an easy accounting and order your angels to give us our book of deeds in our right hands and to be kind to us make us from those who cross the sirat like lightning even though we haven't done the deeds to prepare for that yet for, for that and make us from amongst those who are called from all eight gates of jannah that we can enter from whichever one we desire even though we admit that we're not worthy of it and give us a maqam forever and ever with your awliya and with the ones that you love uh, even though we admit from from here that we we know we did nothing to earn it and we're not worthy of it, Ya Allah. And give all of this to our our parents and to our forefathers, both in Nasab and in Nisbah, both in our, our our lineage in Islam, as well as those who brought the Deen to us, our teachers and our Mashaykh, all the way to the Aslaf, all the way to the Anbiya Alaihim and all the way to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, and give, give all of it to our children and our children's children and our students and our students' students and our brothers and sisters and our spouses and uh, those who loved us for the sake of Allah and those who we loved for the sake of Allah. And give it, give it to those who did good by us, Ya Allah. If anyone did good by us, Ya Allah, even if they're not Muslims, give them in exchange for it. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and let them die in Iman and on Islam. Ya Allah, one of the brothers, I don't want to take his name, he called me. And you know better than I do. He called me the other day crying and weeping, saying that my father is sick and I don't know if he's going to survive. And he hasn't taken shahada and it breaks my heart that he'll pass without me being able to make dua for him. Ya Allah, please don't break this poor brother's heart. Ya Allah, any one of us, every one of us has some relative or another that has left the deen or that's not on the deen or some kinsman or some, some person who did good by us. Ya Allah, give them hidayah and spread your hidayah in this land and in all the lands of the earth and inside the Darul Islam and outside the Darul Islam give the people the tawfiq of saying la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and living by it and dying by it ya Allah and accept it from them ya Allah rectify the 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 ahwal and the conditions of the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam ya Allah whoever does good by it ya Allah do good by them ya Allah whoever aids it and supports it ya Allah aid them and support support them ya Allah whoever strengthens it ya Allah strengthen them ya Allah whoever serves it ya Allah serve them whoever uh, whoever ya Allah does anything good by it ya Allah increase them in every khair in this world and in the hereafter ya Allah whoever will stand uh, raise from amongst us whoever will stand in order to make islah of its affairs ya Allah raise such people from amongst us ya Allah who will stand and rectify its affairs and push it towards something better than it's on right now ya Allah ya Allah give us the tawfiq that we open our masajid up again and that we get to make hajj and umrah again and that we get to visit al-haramain al-sharifain again and that we get to visit Masjid al-aqsa again Ya Allah, free the Masjid al-Aqsa from its occupation and like that all of the lands of the Muslims where they're oppressed. Ya Allah, send your niqmah and your adab down on those people who harm the people of La ilaha illallah, our innocent brothers and sisters in Turkestan and in Burma and in India and in uh, all of the different countries in Central African Republic, in the Horn of Africa, Ya Allah, all of those places where they're weak and defenseless. And Ya Allah, we've, we've abandoned them as an ummah, Ya Allah, don't abandon them. Ya Allah, send your niqman adab on anybody, a blight and a curse on anybody who looks at them with evil glances and who touches them with evil intent and who speaks evil against them. Ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, Ya Azizu wa Ya Qadiru wa Ya Azizu wa Ya Hakimu wa Ya Al-Muntaqim. Ya Allah, send down your curse on those people who would wish to harm and violate the innocent faces and the innocent hearts of the people who say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and aid those people who come to their aid. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, aid them. Nasran azizan, Ya Allah, Nasran mu'azzaran. 
من عندك يا الله معزرا معزرا من عندك يا ربنا ويا يا الله اللهم 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 اخذ اللهم اللهم خذ اعداء امتي باخذ عزيزك المقتدر يا الله اللهم خذهم اخذ عزيز اخذ العزيز المقتدر يا الله اللهم 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 إنا نجعلك في نهورهم ونعوذ بك من شرورهم يا الله bankrupt their economies يا الله يا الله hold their hand back from destroying their own dunya and their own akhira through this evil deed and give them the tawfiq of repenting and if not اللهم 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 عاملهم بمقتدى سيهزم الجمع ويولون الدبر بل الساعة موعدهم والساعة أدها وأمر Ya Allah, this country and this balad has done good by us and has given us our rights. And people have, you know, people have not been perfect in that. But Ya Allah, in general, they've done good by us that live here. Ya Allah, guide the people of this country to your deen. Ya Allah, guide the people of this country to your deen. Ya Allah, guide them to make tawbah from whatever excesses that they've done in the past. And Ya Allah, reward them richly for whatever good that they do. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, guide them to something better. Ya Allah, this whole crisis that we're going through with the coronavirus and all the things that come with it, Ya Allah, make it a means for our islah and for our betterment in this world and the hereafter for the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and for, for your creation in general. Ya Allah, whatever we shouldn't have asked for, forgive us, Ya Allah, and whatever we should have asked for, give it to us. And we trust you. What you choose for us is more beloved to us and better for us than what we choose for ourselves. Inshallah, maybe one day we can continue and read the rest of the Kitab Jami'at together. But for now, this is the last dars. And uh, uh, inshallah, hopefully we'll get to choose uh, something to post in Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it a Mubarak uh, month for all of us, inshallah. Even if you can't go to the masjid, but still Allah ta'ala is still there. And so remember that and don't miss out on that opportunity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us all. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.